Welcome back to more of Wake Up with Matt Ham and Kevin Adams on 1180 WLTT. If you would like to call in, the number is 910-765-0097. That's 910-765-0097. Once again, here's Matt Ham and Kevin Adams. Good morning and welcome back to the uh, second hour today on Monday, 18th of April, 2016. This is Wake Up with Matt Hammond, Kevin Adams. This is the show where passion, purpose, and dreaming big challenge common sense. So I hope you guys would join us for a conversation as we shed light on the upside of upside down living. So, uh, Kevin, we had a great conversation the first hour. That was a, a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, we were we were getting uh, getting in the groove there. Who cares what they think? We just had fun. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Which I think is the heart of, you know, I really think it's the heart of it. Yeah. I, honestly, I think that there's 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 something to be said for that, you know, not fun in the sense of like, well, what I want is the only thing that matters. But when you when you feel like that, you are living out, you know, what I mean, that thing that you're that you're called to do it's an expression of joy. And, uh, you know, God tells us to count it all joy. So there is it's it's good to, to make light of things and, and, and have humor and and laugh. It's good physically, spiritually. Uh, emotionally, but. yeah, I think it's I think it's so good to 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 have this conversation about scripture and how we you know kind of embed and immerse ourselves in it and then let it kind of permeate and challenge us in so many different right. ways. And it seems hard, like we don't want to go swimming in the deep end, like we said. But once we do start to go there, we realize that that's the place we were created to swim. You know, like that is why we've been placed here. You know that that brings up an interesting point. Uh, uh, my wife and I are very different, it, it, just as you and I are. She is a lot better looking than you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get the good end of that deal, so I'm happy with that. Right. Uh, but uh, I'm still slim. I'm old. Right. I'm still slim, so uh, <clears throat> that made me feel better anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the... Uh, you know, I I like to not see when I'm going into danger. It's kind of the ignorance is bliss right. thing. My wife likes to see every detail so she can manage them. Okay. Now, you and her are very similar in that. Sure. In that uh, sort of pragmatic uh, routine, all of that. And to me, that's prison. But to you guys, <laughs> it's prison – to just throw it out there into the ethos and right. hope something good happens, right? So that's just personality differences. That's all God, all wiring, cool stuff. But I was thinking about this just a second ago. The uh, the idea. Let's 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 analyze this a little bit. Okay. You talked about the ocean. Yep. And and there's some fear in that. Sure. And you know you're you're being humorous about it, but somewhere at least as a kid or whatever, it's kind of kept up with you, uh, and that's okay. But you don't like that you can't see what's in there. And for me. I'm great with the ocean. I'll jump in off the end of the pier and be fine with it. Now it's probably cold right this minute, right. but, but the um, but that drain in the pool. <laughs> whoa! I don't want to see that drain. I wish the water was black, because man, I'd jump in like a lake, no problem. But I can see that big maple leaf down there and the creepy crawly looking stuff and the rust and the drain and. 
yeah, I don't like that. I'm going to do it anyway, but I don't like it. So isn't that interesting? It is. How how and, and I think it's good because you and I being so different, we, we have a lot of similarities, but we're also very different. And that that's good because it it helps us understand, um, you know how, how to how to we have a, a wider per, periphery mm-hmm. in in culture. You know we get to we get to discuss them from different viewpoints. Sure, it, I I think it's really 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 neat when you start to think about those types of personality, you know, the, the differences yeah. in who we are. It reminded me as you were speaking, it reminded me when I was pretty heavily into racing and competing in triathlons, you know, we do a lot of exercise and workout in the pool, you know, and you'd swim 3000 meters in the pool, which is a good, you know, hour, hour and change workout. But the thing I loved about the pool is the black line on the bottom of the pool. I always knew if I was getting off, you know, I didn't have to stare at the black line. It's like follow the black line. It was like swim, but keep the black line in sight. And so that made me know that I am, I'm doing it right. I'm, I'm, but when I swam yeah. in the ocean, all these folks down here in Wilmington love to go swim in Banks Channel. They're like, let's go swim in the ocean as our workout or whatever. And I'd be swimming, and I'd look up, and the, you know, where we're going is over here, and I'd get way <laughs> off course, and right. you know, what I mean, I'm closing my eyes when I'm underwater because I don't, you know, what I mean, or I'm, I'm, I'm looking actually to see if I can see anything, and my heart rate is just, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> and it's just so funny because that's so much of the way that I think I navigate you know, life mm. in the same kind of vein. Yeah. And knowing that about myself, I think is a good thing because you start to see the, the vice and the virtue of yeah a way, the way that you're made, yeah. you know, and, and that part of becoming a better version of ourselves, you know, you have to understand kind of where you are and, yeah. and how you're made and how you're made up. Yeah, and uh, so right that, that's a, that's a good thing. So you you, you had something, Kevin, that, that was an, an excerpt. This is part of you. I'll let you explain it. Uh, I wanted you to read this because it it really dives into what we were getting into the first hour. You know about faith and how it challenges us and and where we get from there. So oh, okay, um, <clears throat> well, I, I'll uh, I'll try to refrain from doing it in the Freddie Mercury <laughs> voice. <laughs> right, please don't. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Oh, speaking of, I'm yeah, sorry, I'm interrupting yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. I had a, a, a lady call in the other day, a client, and uh, she is an Australian female. And as soon as she started talking on the phone, I said, that's Kevin Siri. <laughs> I was like, and I told her the story, and she was laughing her head off. I was like, I got a partner on a radio show, and he has set his Siri up on his phone as an Australian female. And, and so I said, with on, the, on the air the other day, we were asking Siri some questions. And she came up and she was like, hello, Kevin, or whatever. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're serious. I understand. Hello? Siri, are you Australian? No comment. Well, I think that gives it away. (laughs) No comment. It was just funny the way I heard this lady's voice and I told her, I was like, do you double as Siri? And she was like, that's amazing. I've never checked out that setting before. (laughs) It's great. I mean, if you're a guy, I I, I don't know. You got to have a girl on there. It's so good. uh, So good. Sorry, I I, I brought you down that that rabbit trail because that was something we talked about on a previous show, you know, that uh, that just was really funny to me. So uh, carry on with where, where you were. I'm sorry. Over there. It's over there. <laughs> right. I'm trying to read this in Australia. No, don't do that. You need an upside down. <laughs> That's sort of went Irish. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, uh. No, this is actually uh, 
it's a journal entry. Uh, my book is is laid out in in chapters. Uh, it's 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 uh, chronologic in the big picture, but in the day to day, it kind of bounces back and forth. But but uh, but woven into that are journal entries, things I've written along the way, and uh, then then put in the book to help people see the mindset. But God really gave me some neat stuff along the way, and I, and it didn't really fit into the story other than here's a glimpse of what's going through my mind, what he's teaching me. So, uh, you know, it, it's neat. But uh, anyway, this is journal entry number 26, and uh, uh, the the book is The Extravagant Fool. So the idea is, is, is taken from um, 1 Corinthians 3.18, Do not deceive yourselves. If you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you must become a fool to be wise. And then it goes on at 19 and says, you know, uh, the wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. And mm. uh, so I like that because it's sort of rebellious. But the idea of upside down living is all through Scripture. So anyway, I'll just uh, I'll get on and read it. Um, all right. Uh, the title is The Willingness to Believe in the Foolish Things. In an upside-down kingdom, it's the foolish things, not the practical, that glorify the king. When the fool has a need, he meets the needs of another. When his hands are empty, he offers his hands instead. When his storehouse overflows, he remembers that life is a vapor and counts giving a much greater privilege than making his future a little safer. When he is maligned, he is kind. And when he is about to faint from depression, he offers high praise to the Lord, and for others, he makes petition. When he's counted by men as foolish in faith, lazy when things look tough and lucky when things seem great, he rejoices, gives thanks, and reflects on these one-time foolish things. God made a way for Noah to escape, Sarah to conceive, Isaac to leave the altar, and Abraham to father nations, Jacob to prosper over Laban, Joseph to feed the nations, Moses to deliver a nation, Joshua to win the promised land, Gideon's 300 over more than 100,000, and God gave David the favor for an everlasting throne, Elijah the speed to outrun a chariot, and the power to feed a widow for months from a single meal, Jeremiah the zeal to stand alone, Daniel, the conviction to pray out loud and face death. Esther, the favor at just the right hour. Nehemiah, the vision to rebuild. And ultimately, he made a way for the birth, sacrifice, and resurrection of our Lord, Savior, and King of everything to exchange himself for a bride. If the prospect of living entirely by faith in the one crucified entirely for us is academically risky, impractical, and even foolish, then our fork in the road is clear. To one side, these bold men and women of Scripture are like wonderful cartoon characters we quote on occasion for practical wisdom. To the other, they are real people with blood and gut testimonies that have become the victories of our inheritance. To one side, we see a Savior pointing to our bootstraps who is willing to help if we're willing to grab them first. To the other, we see that only momentary affliction is able to burn away such a Christian-centered veneer. 
To one side, we see that practical wisdom aims to make life safe by storing up treasure for later and avoiding risky mistakes. To the other, we see that wise decisions are not even possible when made by the spirit of fear. To one side, we see the more sensible answers from the minds of men. To the other, we see the truth as it rings sincere through the veil of Christianese. Only when God becomes all that we want do we truly see that He is all we need. Well, that's it. I love it, man. I love it. It's a, you know, and, and that truly is a journal entry. Yeah. Among yeah. among along the way yeah. on, on your journey, and what I love about it is that the the vision that it brings of the fork in the road, you know, and and it brings this to this point. We'll go back to scripture. What we said: Do nothing out of selfish ambition yeah. or vain conceit, but in humility consider others as better yeah. than yourselves. That verse, along with every other verse in there, causes you to say, "Okay, here's this way, right, and here's that way." Yeah, and and if we go, we have these moments where we have to choose. We have right. to choose which path we're going to follow. That's right. And on one side, like you said, in, in the in the thing, on one side, you know, the Savior says, he points at the bootstraps, who's willing to help if we're willing to grab them first? On the other, we see that only momentary affliction is able to burn away such Christian-centered veneer. I just, I love this idea of, you know, on on, on one side you get, uh, you get all of the, the stuff, the education of the world, the wisdom of the world, you know, how to, you know, build your platform and be successful and, you know, find happiness and, and all of these things. And then over here, you just have, you know, what the gospel says, just as here's the gospel, you know? So it's all of this or it's this. Yeah. It can't be both. That's right. It can't be both. And that, I'm pointing at that direction. Right. That's the way of Noah. Sure. That's the way of Moses. You know, most people would say to Moses, you should have just taken the job and freed the people. You know? Right. Just take the job. I mean, you can be the prince or whatever. Uh, You've got authority. Just take the job, man. It's easier. It's way cooler, way more platformy. Yep. You've got a great platform. But Moses didn't do that. He chose the hard thing Mm -hmm. because – that's eternal. He took the God path, which is hard, but it's eternal. Yeah. It's like, why would you, if we could just back off of this a second. So the nothing in that verse, that nothing has eternal consequences. Now, God, there's grace and God is very patient with us and he He gently nudges us along the way. But the moment we choose God over that, man, I, I just picture him just jumping for joy. Just sure. going, yeah, yeah, that's my boy. I got it. You got it. We got it. I mean, oh, it's not like Polar Express. <laughs> we got it. We got it. But that that that's it. It's just when you when you we can lay that stuff down, and then we can go back to it and go. You know, there was a good point in that. Yeah, there's a good point in the in the platform book. Yeah, and but my life isn't about that. Yeah. And that ain't that didn't have anything to do with my plan, his plan for me. Yeah. But I'm gonna remember that point. You yeah. Know? And that's healthy. That's different than oh this one, let's just knock them down. That one didn't work. What's yeah. next? Who's the latest on the bookshelf that I can follow? Right. No, we got that right here in yeah. the scripture. Well that's I was I was talking to somebody the other day, um, and they talk about how much they read. And I asked them if they read scripture. And 
you know, again, I, I'm not saying this. This is just my perspective on it. Is they they consumed everything that the world would put out, the greatest books of all time. Yeah, you know, and 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 yet you go back to it, and those are nothing but an echo of of what we have here right. in the gospel. And so for me, I love reading. I love challenging myself with with new books. It takes mm-hmm. me a while, you know that. I'm a, yeah. I'm a slow oh, yeah. reader. I'm a processor um, when it comes to reading. Everything else I do super fast, but when I'm reading, I, I kind of go slow. Um, I don't you're know why you're a fast speaker and a slow <laughs> reader, and I'm just the opposite. Right. <laughs> Anyway, I love it. It's hilarious. Keep going. Kevin and I met, you know, for the first time, and we said, "Well, let's just exchange our books." You know, that's what authors do. It's like, well, here's my <laughs> yeah, book. You know, sure. it's a lot easier than having an 18 hour com- or an 18 day conversation. Right. You know, it's just like here's here's my heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and so we did that. And Kevin comes back. He's like, "Man, I enjoyed the book." And I was like, "Wait a second, you read it already?" And I was like. I read the page, first page of the back cover, you know, it took me forever to get to it. But nonetheless, it's my point in saying all that is that I think when you start to read great literature or see great movies, if there is a foundation of the gospel that's present, it brings it to life in a whole new way. And, and that's the moment that I had, and I had kind of a fork in the road moment this weekend, Kevin, I was finishing this book, The Alchemist, and I was telling you about it. You're probably like, shut up, man. The whole car ride over here. (laughs) Alchemist, alchemist, alchemist. I was just like, dude, you gotta, you know, you know, this happened and this happened. No, but, I think it's great. Well, there, there's, there's, there's a, there's a point of it because here's the deal: Oprah or you know Tony Robbins or you know Will Smith or whoever else, you know, they'd say that. And I'm, I'm not saying that all of them said this, but they said that this book changed their life. And and I and I, and I approached it from that perspective. I said, if if this book spent 300 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list, what's in there? Yeah. What's in there? You know, not not what it. Paulo Cajuelo, what did what did he write? But what what's, what's the draw? Exactly, what's captivating people. What's in there? And 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 it was really strange because when I read it through this lens of faith, when I read it through this lens of the gospel, and I kind of said, God, come alongside me and read this book with me. Mm-hmm. You know, it it set up this fork in the road where it was like knowing what I feel like God has revealed now through through his word and through you know this this storyline yeah. you can't go back That's you right. can't go back That's you know right. you've you've you're there you've taken that fork and and now you're you're done and so it's a great book and it's about a journey of a little boy who he's a shepherd i'm not going to give away the storyline but along the What's way his name santiago santiago yeah that's right I- I'm Santiago. I am Santiago. I think, but see, that's the whole point of it is, as you read the book, you see that Santiago lives in each of us, that there's this part of us that has this legend to fulfill. Where is the alchemist? (laughs) I don't like your Santiago voice. (laughs) It scares me. (laughs) It sounds like somebody that works at the El Scorpion, man. (laughs) Right. <laughs> Scorpion. Oh, that is All good. Right. Sorry, man. Keep no, going with uh, with your. I uh, love it. Your uh, cool insight here. So, so the, there's the story of this boy Santiago, and he he he's in search of his personal legend. And this was a recurring dream that he is to chase. And as I read the story, filtered through the lens of scripture, you know, it, in the book he says that when you when you're going after your personal legend, the whole world conspires for you to achieve it. It's kind of what he writes in the story. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, I, and I take that and I say, Hmm, that's interesting. 
you know, and people can kind of say, yes, I'm charging the front line. And so, mm-hmm. but when you infuse that with scripture, you know, you say, okay, but here's what the gospel says. Mm-hmm. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. You're not, a, you're not chasing after your personal legend for what it will bring you. Right. You know what I mean? You're chasing after your personal legend because that's what God has placed on your heart. That's his imprint on your exactly. life. Yes. If you woke up tomorrow and there was nothing, if you're, Everything was gone. Your career was gone. Your family, if you didn't have anything, what would you wake up tomorrow? What is that thing inside of you that, it's just that thing that speaks to you yeah. on that deeper level. And when you, when, you, when you start to ask yourself that challenging question, a lot of people, I think, and he even tells about this in the story, because along the way, the boy's pursuing his legend, and he meets all this adversity and these challenges, and he wants to stop. And he goes to this guy for wisdom, and he says, couldn't I just stop here? And he said, yes, you could. And for a year... Everybody would think you're the wisest one because you've been on this journey and look what you've learned along the way. And they're going to come to you for wisdom and your dream, your vision, your legend will still call to you. He said in the second year, it'll still call to you and you'll still be fresh. He said, but by the third year, visions of your dream will start to die and you'll become comfortable in the desert. Mm -hmm. And they're in this oasis place Mm -hmm. in the book. And he says, and you'll become comfortable there. And pretty soon. You'll forget to listen to that longing of your heart, that calling on your heart. Yeah. And that dream dies, and then nobody's going to listen to you anymore. Mm. And you'll be a guy in the desert who had a dream one time, mm-hmm. but settled instead of pursuing it all the way. Yeah. And so, you know, there's so many things along the, the storyline that just hit me uh, that when you lay down your life to God when you surrender before him and you ask him to speak you know wisdom and he gives you something that you have to pursue that to the ends of the earth you know That's right. you have to not in this thing of like i will get the treasure but it's like what you said at the very very last line when you realize that God is all you have you realize that he's all you need yeah only when god becomes all that we want uh can we truly see that, that he's all we need? Right. And that's that positional He point. wants to be wanted. Exactly. And I, and I love that is when you, when you realize that, you know, that's what you're after, you know, and that's, there's nothing else. There's nothing else. The, the, the uh, setbacks that you face, whether it's brokenness, whether it's ridicule, whether it's fear, you know, there's constant storylines along the storyline where the, the boy Santiago is afraid. You know, and he and he learns. He learns. To, don't you do it? He learns to conquer those fears. I'm so afraid. I'm afraid of you, Santiago. I'm I'm, I'm, uh, I'm taking a bic lighter to your story, man. I'm sorry. It's no. all good, man. It's all good. No, I, I'm teasing you, but uh, yeah, man. No, that uh, keep going with your thought. No, it's just it's been great to, for me to kind of infuse that with all the stuff that we are um that we're talking about you know is when you truly live by faith and people look at you crazy it's like you're what you're crossing the desert in search of treasure you know and you're like yep 
I'm crossing the desert in search of treasure. And they say, well, that's dumb, you know? Yeah. And, and, and he meets people along the way that have all these different motives. You know, there's these other people that are on their own journeys, but he sees that their motive is not pure. Their motive is yeah. rooted in becoming rich and becoming famous. And they have a hint of following that, but they don't have the truth of it. And as he, right. as he grows, as he matures, as he goes through these trials, it's like this, this exterior facade is peeled off and he becomes this pure version of himself when he truly understands what he's after. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful picture, man. So anyway, I t- yeah. Kevin, I told you I want you to read it because I want to I see see your your thoughts on it. So we'll, we'll, it's free uh, on YouTube. I'll just plug it into it my is. headphones and listen. It absolutely is. Yep. <laughs> to Santiago. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jeremy Irons reads it on YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's got a... Jeremy Irons. Yeah, it's got a very different, <laughs> a very different sound. So, but it's, uh, it's good, man. And I think that that's what happens when we run across great literature and great stories is that they echo truth, you know? Yeah. And that's a good thing. So, well, I think it's a, it's also a good picture for, for us to, uh, reflect on that God is not in just in the four walls of where we go on Sunday uh, or Wednesday or however many times you go there. Um, but he's in the darker places in the world. You know, there's a U2 line that says, looking for the baby Jesus underneath the trash. And I love that because he's saying, I'm looking for him everywhere. You know, and it, it's a baby Jesus reference because it's European. And I mean, there's all kind of sure. gunk on that. But the the point is, is... We don't need to be afraid to look for God in places like that. Um, we, if if we are filled with the Spirit and we're led by God, He will show us where things are askew or off, and we'll be convicted. Um, and I believe that a lot of people don't. They just think it's up to them to steer clear of, you know, faults, whatever, and. I mean, I, I appreciate the conviction, but it, it's still, you know, I know that that book, I mean, it's it's very obvious just from what little I know about it that, you know, this guy's got an allegory. It's, it, he's painting a picture of our spiritual journey. And yep. that's what taps into people, that, that, that need for value, that need to, that longing to be, to have your legacy your legend, as he calls it, your purpose, as we call it, whatever right. it is, that's the highest need we have. And why is that? Because once we understand and know God, then we've we've got to be a tool in his hand. There is nothing else. There's no other reason for us to be here still after yeah. we're saved, right? Well, that's the thing to me that, that really got it. I, when I finished the book— I had the exact same experience when the night I found out I had cancer. Mm. I had the exact same experience. I haven't probably had it since then. That's been two, almost two years ago now. It's like when I finished reading the book, there was a moment where it was like the Holy Spirit just pierced me to the very deepest point. And it was just this affirmation of like, 
you're that you're you're going in the right direction kind of thing you know and i remember when i was diagnosed with cancer i told my wife one night at night in bed i was crying and i said but you know what if this has spread if it is terminal because we didn't know at that moment i said i am not afraid because i for at least the past year have really been on a journey to uncover what god's purpose is purpose is for my life Mm -hmm. because i had started at that point writing and i started speaking a little bit i had started and and that was this 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 birth right of like you are you're going after it yeah. you know what I mean you're going after it and there's something to be said for the guy who's willing to take a step towards his purpose rather than the guy who yes. says I would rather be comfortable yes. and and that's the thing that that hit me is is that it's a shame the saddest thing in the world to me is somebody who knows what their dream is but for the fear of not being comfortable they're unwilling to chase it yeah. that is a tragedy to me yeah. That is a tragedy. You know, we see a tragedy of a guy who fails and it's prevalent everywhere. It's it's the it's the it's preeminent. It's the big thing. It's everywhere. It's the most thing. It's the majority. It's why we even get to have a voice. Just so we can speak in a little corner of the world and go, "Hey, hey, this is real. This is real." And not just say it so that we get lumped in with everybody else uh, who, you know, are teaching platforms or purpose or whatever, but so that we we can live it so that when people see it and they hear it, they can go, oh, wow, you really lived it out. Who cares if you're famous? Who cares if you're rich? Did you eat? Did you enjoy the sunshine? Do you have a beautiful family? Wow, that's rich. You know, so, but, but Matt, I'm just saying that we are our calling. And I, when I say our, I'm talking about the little guy, mm-hmm. you know, the guy that isn't heard by millions. Right. But we still, it's, it's equally important because God put us here. He appointed us. He's got a big plan. And that plan has to have credibility behind it. That's why we've got to live it. How do we set ourselves apart? The only way we can set ourselves apart from the world of iconic voices, right? Who you know, some of them are geniuses. Most of them aren't. Most of them stink when they don't wear deodorant. <laughs> they're just people. They get age spots. Right. They throw up. I mean, they're just flesh and blood people. What sets us apart? That was the thing. What you're talking about. I struggled with that for years, and that's why I had such ambition. That's why, you know, you can run on a treadmill for so long, and then you can go run a marathon. You can do it. But after a while, you just quit. You can't sustain that. You can't maintain that because it's you. I did that for years. That's the part that I can't – I don't articulate very well to people when they look at me and go, you're just some old lazy guy. Oh, I'm not. I've, I've never been lazy, but the, but the, but now it's Matt for you and me both. I believe this. It and and this this is to 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 speak this with credibility. We have to live this out. Hmm. It doesn't mean you got to be poor. It means you got to let go of everything and be willing. That's the rich young ruler lesson. Not sell everything, but are you willing to? Yeah, and if we stay willing, God will work in that. His name's Jira. He takes care of us. Right. He's the pro- provider. 
he's he built Matt Ham. Probably me too. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But you know, all this stuff starts adding up and he's the only plan. So that's what sets you and me apart. If if we're if we're gonna have a voice, if we do have a dream, and and, and anybody, not just us, but anybody, you know, we're talking you and me in this little room, but but this is for everybody. You know, God's no respecter of persons. So I'm just saying that the plan is to live it out, to take that that scripture, you know, where it says do nothing uh, of selfish ambition. Well, we're focusing on the word nothing for the moment. Yeah. That's literal, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to live that out, right? That's a challenge. Yeah. That's not, oh, I'm, I'm going to try to be less selfish today. Right. You know, it's no, I'm going to lay this down. It doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect. It means I'm going to be willing every day to let go of my selfish ambition. You know, but, but, but if you don't, if you're not in the word and you don't have this uh, spirit led can opener yeah. <laughs> that we're calling the scripture, you, you, then you fall right back into that oasis that, that's talked about in the in the alchemist. The oasis is that comfort zone. Yeah, it, it, it's just like salad. You know, I, I don't know about you, but man, if if I if I eat salad, I, I love salad. But if I don't eat it for a while, eh, I'd much rather have you know s- some meat. Yeah, I don't want salad. So so it's an acquired taste. But it's one that uh, if we'll just go there every day and just stay in it, stay in that relationship and walk with the Father, everything will fall into place. You know, like he says, the world will conspire. Mm-hmm. Well, God says, that, uh, you know, your gift will make room before kings. Um, Amy Wright. Yeah. Uh, I saw the other day Holly had uh, posted on there where the – I mean, we're big Downton Abbey fans. Okay. We loved the, the whole Downton series. I don't know if you've seen it, but it it's some really good writing. And, and how they did the show was incredible uh, as far as the detail and, the you know, just a but, – but one of the lead people in Downton Abbey um, – I can't remember her name right now. Okay. But Downton is – they're a royal family, and it kind of goes – from just before World War One up to you know maybe the late twenties in this royal family, okay. they're not the royal family, but they are royals. And uh, anyway, without getting too deep into that, but the star of that show, one of the main characters, was at Bo's Coffee. That's awesome. And I think she's here in Wilmington filming something. Yeah. But anyway, my point was, and I sent this to Amy. I said, "Your gift will make room." Uh, for you before kings or even TV royalty. Right. You know, apparently. I love it. So anyway, I, I, going around the mountain. That is so cool. Just for the folks who, who might not be f- up to date on that, Amy Wright and her husband Ben found a Bose Coffee in Wilmington. We interviewed Amy on the show. Um, great interview. Yeah. Would really encourage folks to go back and listen to that. Um, you can find it at wakeuparfaith.com. It's archived right. on the site. But um, great reference there because Amy's somebody who's following that, that purpose, right? And she's watching... Outside of her comfort zone, exactly. She she's she's left the oasis. Yeah, she left the farm, right? Mm-hmm. Because 
you get tired of that. I mean, how many times can you eat eggs and bacon before you get tired of it or, you know, or, or the same? You're not going to eat the same meal every day. We get sick of stuff, but if that fear is so great that we keep doing the same things over and over again, we're going to get the same result. Yeah, and get stuck. You know, it's, it's funny, Kevin, to go back to that thing that I had posed. I said the most tragic thing in the world is someone who knows their dream, but for the sake of comfort refuses to pursue it. You know, this this idea that there's been, there's something that God has planted in place in each one of us, and we know it. We feel it. Right. You know what I mean? It's that call to go swim in the ocean. It's that call to go to the deep end. Yeah. It's that call to leave the farm. It's that call to leave the oasis whatever, but we're afraid, you know, and, and we can justify it with so many reasons. Somebody actually asked me this, and I want to pose oh, the, yeah, this. Sure. This is a question somebody said, but what if it's not always comfort, but just necessity? What if provision outweighs the risk? And what they're saying is, is that they want to chase their dream, but they're fearful of provision. They're fear, fearful of the necessity to provide and 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 should that ever outweigh the the risk of it? And that's an interesting question. I'd love to hear your your thoughts on that as it relates to this, and you know, and then kind of and talk about that for a second. Well, all I can do is speak from my experience. But if you read my book, it will encourage you. And I'm not saying that to sell a book. I mean, give me your address, I'll send you a free book. Right. Um, but the uh, the you need to see this lived out. We we look at scripture and we make cartoons out of it we do it by accident we don't mean to but that's what we do that's our default in this culture uh so we need people to live this out that's why i talk about my friend that lives in a van i'm not saying everybody needs to live in a dang van i'm saying this guy's heart is so convicted not just him but his wife and his children and But God has lifted them up. They are an astonishingly beautiful, wonderful, healthy family. They're amazing. They would put most families uh, a dull coat on them because they outshine. But why is that? It's not because they live in a van and they're sacrificial. No, or self-righteous. It's because they have dropped the world. To live for God. And God's taking care of them. So what what do we get out of that? Well, we get to see God in action. And you don't get to see that in the oasis where you go get your own water and you've brought yourself to this place. Eventually, we all get hungry enough, hopefully, where we're going to step outside of that comfort zone. You can do it now, or you can wait till you're 70 years old and got a few years left. It's up to you when you do it. But for me personally, if you read my story, I, you will see God in action, and you can't deny it. It's not luck. Luck doesn't happen like that. Over and over and over and over again, God provided. Now, I took some crazy risks. But God provided me the environment to be able to do that. You know, I was a millionaire on paper. I had a great income, a successful business. I had everything, multiple houses. I'm not proud of that, but I had it. I had a good life. I could buy a $50,000 car, no problem. Just go ahead and do it. 
and, and, and get another one the next day if I wanted. All right? So that's where I was. And I lost it very quickly, all of it. So then I had the choice, right? I, I no longer could stay in the oasis because God wanted me to write a book to show people that you got to get out of the oasis. But there I am, and people are saying, oh. So, and Holly makes a good point about it. She says that, hey, you know, for a little while, people were with us. Mm-hmm. You know, you, and, and you go through those layers of And then pretty soon, people get tired of you being the struggling one. But God told me to sit still for seven years. Now, think how hard that is for a guy who's so ambitious. It's Paul. I'm not claiming to be Paul, but it's the flip side. It's taking a guy like Paul who's so driven and turning him into a surrendered Christian. Who but God could do that? Right? So that's what happened. So anyway, the long answer to this question God is your provider. If you believe that, get intimate with him. Follow him with your whole heart, and he will provide. He promises that. It doesn't mean you got to go off and make crazy decisions tomorrow. It means dig in, press in, get as close to God as you can, and he'll show you the way. The other thing is you got to have courageous, leathery patience. You have to be patient with God. It doesn't happen overnight necessarily. It could take a decade. Are you in for that? Well, what else are you going to do for this decade? Something's going to happen. But your life is more than bread, right? It's more. It, 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 your life is, it, it is priceless to God. So don't worry about what you're going to eat. Just put all your focus on God. And again, I encourage you to read The Extravagant Fool, and it will encourage you um, to step into that because you'll see that God provides. And not only does he provide, but it's way better than what you could do for yourself. But you got if you don't jump out of that plane and let the chute open, you'll never know. Regret is the biggest thing, you know, of not having tried or done it. You know, that's, that's the, what you, to your point. Uh, anyway, I, I don't mean to go on and on, but yeah, I'm very passionate about this because God, if he put it on your heart, he'll provide a way. Don't outrun him. Sure. But don't sit still either out of fear. Take baby steps. Keep following. And he will provide. That's all I can say. I've seen it happen. And I've seen it happen consistently for seven years while I laid down and let him do it. And I'm telling you, people just, we took all kinds of criticism for it. But uh, now, looking back, I wouldn't change it at all. I never would. How, how could I have the platform I have by trying to do it myself? How could I have a book that's published? How could I do that if I did it myself? I couldn't. I couldn't. I could have tried for 10 years to do that and never done it. But when I laid it down, God did it. Yeah. He did it. It's not traceable back to me. That's, he, we're, we're in cahoots, you know? Mm-hmm. He wants to do it. But it, unless you let him, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. And, and, I, and I love that the, the idea is that we, that, that, that responsiveness to this idea of chasing your dream, there's either a, 
I'm all in. I'm jumping off the dock, you know, and then there's the flip side of that. It's like calculating and, you know, but what about provision? But what about this? But what about that? And for me, it's it's somewhere in the middle, you know, what I mean of that, you know, it's not courage is not always about recklessness. You know what I mean? Courage is about trusting and what God is telling you to do, he'll affirm it, you know? And sometimes courage looks like remaining. You know, I, I had a, a somebody sure. called me the other day about this situation at their work, and they were struggling because they, they felt this this calling, this longing, this pressing or whatever, and they're like, I just feel like it's time to leave, and they don't appreciate me, and this, 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 and this. And I told them, I said, well, courage is not always about leaving. Sometimes it takes a lot of courage to stay, to yeah. remain. right. If that's what God's calling you to do, mm-hmm. to remain and to learn to appreciate the things of the moment and learn to take small steps mm-hmm. and let him guide it. You know what I mean? Right. And so and that's the thing is it's it's to me, it's just it defaults back to this this longing, this intimacy, you know, don't let the dream become the God. Let God kind of become the dream in a way, you know what yeah, I mean? Sure. And 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 go after Him, and He'll reveal those things. You know, He'll bring them. He'll bring them up. But you know, again, the thing that I wanted to hammer home there is that I don't want people playing small because of comfort or because of fear. Well, you know, you're talking about recklessness. I, I lived completely reckless, and that's why I, God had. God had me sit still, and my family looking at me like, "What are you going to do about this?" Mm. I mean, you you've got you know twenty twenty five thousand dollars a month worth of bills coming in, and you could easily pay that before with a whole lot left over. Um, you know, when that's gone, and you still have that debt coming in. Man, it's a tidal wave. It's a tsunami. And God says, sit still. Don't do anything. Kevin, you can rebuild it. Kevin, you can. You did it before. You can do it again. You're smart. You're ambitious. You know, you've got this thing about you. You know, all this stuff. And God says, no, I want you to sit still and just take it. So, yeah, you don't want to be reckless. It ain't about that. For me, it's about being knowing that where he leads, there is no risk. risk. Right. So you are passionate. You turn all your ambition and all your passion and everything you've got in you toward him. Right. And with a abandon, we can call it reckless, whatever it is. But that's what I learned is turn all of that over to him. So you don't have to calculate. You don't have to worry about what other people say. But you gotta you gotta go after him. Yeah. I mean, you gotta go with everything you got. So it's like saying I'm I need to be on fire in my spirit, but I need to be at peace in my soul. And 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 I think you know I call it the God bubble. That what that looks like from an outsider position is either well that guy's doing nothing, or man he's doing crazy stuff. Or whatever it is, but it doesn't matter. You got to shut out the world, but you can't shut out God. You can't. You've got to follow what He's telling you in the Word, the written Word, and in the implanted Word that's in your spirit, where He says to do personal things. Um, so I just I don't want anyone to hold back 
but at the same time, I understand what you're saying. You know, people yeah. don't need to just half cocked go. Well, they said do this. Well, I think what I, the point I'm trying to make is people go after recklessness because they think that's the thing. Like you know, it's like the the recklessness yeah. becomes the, the reason why they're doing like it. Like contrarianism it, is 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 leadership. Exactly. I'm going to be contrary just to be contrary. Right. That's it, not it, leadership. Exactly. I'm just, it's the shock and awe factor. I'm yeah. going to be reckless just no, to shock I everybody. Agree. You know what I mean? It's right. like I've abandoned everything and all things, and I'm just you know the the, the motive whatever you say i'm going the other way right yeah it's like the, kids are like that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny don't our kids give us like a perfect example of our yeah. of our worst oh, yeah. traits lived out yeah yeah they do <laughs> you know what i mean golly it's a great thing man god just hold up a mirror says, ooh. <laughs> and you're like, wait a second. Why does that make me so angry? <laughs> oh, that's because that's what I do sometimes. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's awful. <laughs> that is that is so good. I'm so excited for my kids. Uh, my parents surprised them with a basketball goal. Oh, um, awesome. And so my, Matthew is enamored with basketball right now. And of course, his little brothers are following in suit. And so we got this adjustable basketball goal that we've just put up in the backyard. I know that they're going to be on that thing all day long. And it was classic because right when we put it up, it was like the swords came out and they started going, that's my ball. You know, they're oh, fighting over it. I'm just, I'm just like, having this image, man, of, of these little these little boys out there. And then all of a sudden, you know, gangster in paradise is playing. <laughs> <laughs> gangster in paradise. <laughs> Oh my you know gosh. these little kids living in this this cool environment. And yeah, I'm just teasing you, man. They're, it's just funny. They're they're good dudes, man. They're good dudes, and and their their mom needs to come out from time to time to humble them, you know. Because Liz played basketball in college, and so the, the, the math, my son Matthew is always like, "Hey, look how look at how I can you know this 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 and this." And Liz steps out and keeps him. Well, just just the the little competitive trash talking you know not that your kids aren't doing that but, oh they are but that's that's the game you know just, yeah. you can hear that yeah. you know <laughs> i can't i'm not gonna sing it but yeah i'm just it to me it's just funny to to see their little tiny men yeah you know with the, with the heart like a child but even then they're going for it when it comes to I got to compete. Oh, and Matthew is bad about that, man. It's just that's that's what his little icon is. It's like winning and how many points and and he's just a little like he's this little rain man when it comes to math and numbers. Like he he didn't learn to he cursory learned to count, but he has learned addition and subtraction without doing it from a book. He's learned it from counting basketball scores. And so like right now threes and twos and you know he'll say okay if it's 52 25 then the person's up by 27. Like he just has this way of like going in his brain and whatever, but it's so consuming because it drives everything he thinks about. You spell his name uh, M A T H Y O U, <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> yeah, dude, he is That's a cool. uh, he's 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 a wild man, but uh, but it's uh, it's lots of fun, man. So, Kevin, we have uh, you know we've kind of just chosen this these last couple of hours just to talk about this idea mm-hmm. of. Facing faith and facing scripture as a fork in the road um, and choosing to look at it as maybe a reference tool to help us on the world's journey, but the world has its own things that we have to follow as well, or we look at it as our chief navigator, Mm -hmm. as the thing that guides us. And when that thing guides us, 
it's going to present challenges. People are going to call us a fool or whatever the case might right. be. It's going to have its difficulties. We'd and be in good company because that's what the people in Scripture look like. Right. And God provided for them. And my heart goes out to this fella or, or lady. I'm yeah. not sure who it is, but uh, the – the uh, I, and I don't want to get long-winded again, but the uh, – it – it 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 is so you got to get this god will provide he, that's one of his names is our provider jehovah jireh so you know maybe it's a good test do you really believe this but but that's what we're talking about in general not just provision but are we willing to go in that direction or sit still because really sitting still is going backwards. But your impact on the world is not going to see its fruit. Still be saved. Still have a home in heaven. But while you're here, God has – he put you here for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it matters. It really matters. Um, and, and, I mean, just think if Jesus would have sat still. and uh, But he didn't. He went against his own will in the garden. You know, not my will, but your will, Father. We've got to be able to do that. And so, anyway, just to 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 bring it all back to to home here. Yes, I mean, we've got to take this word as if it is gold, and we got to get into it. But we also have to meditate by the by the Spirit and let God speak to us personally. Get pictures, dreams. Uh, visions. I mean, all this stuff is in Scripture. It's real. It might spook you out a little bit, but it's real. God's supernatural, and uh, we need to press into that a little bit. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the the closing thing for me with with the alchemist of reading the book. It's like that world of dreaming, of chasing those dreams, of paying attention to what the book calls the omens, which to me is just you know God's spirit affirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, it exists. It's real. It is you can real. choose to live that way, yeah. and you can look like a fool to everybody else, chasing your dreams in the middle of the desert, and you can stop off at the oasis where it's comfortable, and you can give up and go back to shepherding sheep or doing whatever it is that you've done, mm-hmm. or you can continue to move forward. And and as you do, parts of yourself are going to be stripped away, but a a, a, a more real, true, deeper, pure version of you will emerge yeah. You know, as you move close to finding what it is you've been placed here to one last thing to add to that sure uh, just you can't make wise decisions with a spirit of fear Mm -hmm. so if you are being motivated not to move forward by fear rather than moving forward toward god if fear is your is your motive it's not wisdom because god has not given you the spirit of fear yeah, I love it. What a great way to end the hour, great way to end the show today. Um, guys, thank you so much for being here. We're here every Monday and Wednesday from 8 to 10 a.m. on 1180 a.m. WLTT here in Wilmington, North Carolina. We would appreciate you guys uh, telling a friend about the show. If you're enjoying the show, if you're listening to it, let somebody know. You can listen to all of the archives at wakeupourfaith.com. Of course, there's a live streaming app for those who are not here in Wilmington, North Carolina. But Kevin and I would love to connect with you, so go to wakeupourfaith.com and let us know. We've gotten some feedback on some of the previous episodes. We love that, and we hope that uh, it would continue to encourage you guys on your journey. So you'll have a great day, and we'll see you back on Wednesday for more with Wake Up Matt.